people. Welcome to No Normal People. I'm your host, Stephen Henning. And I'm your host, Dixie Lee Henning. Oh, day... 72. I've lost count of the days. <laughs> day... I don't even know. It was two Mondays ago that I came home with all my work, staring off into the... I can't even 14? count that many. 13... Day 13 of quarantine. Yep. Oof. How do you feel? Not great. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? There was a day earlier this week that I literally thought I had like the flu or something. And then we went outside and stood in the sun and my body was like, you're fine. <laughs> Turns out fresh air and sunlight is very important. So weird. Who even knew? Mm. But that, I mean, that's one of the habits that you and I have tried to build in very yeah, quickly to, is a daily quarantine walk. life. Yes. Yeah. Sunlight is important. Yeah. Just sunlight. At a distance from other people. Pretty wild. <laughs> but you and I have been trying some new things, uh, especially for the podcast. We just finished recording our second bonus episode that we were calling Quarantine Questions, where we were live on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. So we got the Quarantine Questions mm-hmm. bonus episodes going up on Sundays. Uh, we have a new, goofy, fun bonus episode going up in a couple days. Yep. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, no spoilers, but it might involve our cats. It might. Because we're There's goofy. no way of knowing. Because we're going insane, we're you guys. We're losing our minds. No, it's okay. Well. <laughs> Talking about losing our minds. Right. I made a point to mention this in our last live episode, but if you are getting a little stir crazy like Steven and I are, um, this is a great opportunity for you to reach out to people that you haven't seen or talked to in a while. Text somebody, make sure that they're doing okay. FaceTime people, Skype, right. all, all that stuff. Really, yep. like, get a hold of people. Just because we're socially distanced doesn't mean we have to be, like, socially distanced. Right. Yeah, I don't even like the term social distancing. Well, yeah, it's it's physical, physical. Physical distance. Right. Yeah. We don't want to be socially distanced. We want to be physically distanced. Right. So, get a hold of people. Mm-hmm. Call them. Even if it's just a text to say, hey, I miss you love you thinking about you right that just brightens people's days so yeah absolutely so reach out to people yep okay um some housekeeping things for the podcast before we introduce our guest we have a facebook group yeah we do available to the public it's called the normal people community if you head over to facebook.com slash no people pod and go to the groups tab you'll find the show there or just find the link in the show notes in your podcast app right now right now like right now do it also in the show notes, you can find a link that takes you directly to Apple Podcasts or to Facebook where you can leave a five-star rating and a one or two sentence review that really helps us boost our numbers and helps people find our show in all sorts of podcast apps, even on Google, um, when they start using some of our keywords. Those ratings really help us kind of boost our algorithms. Yeah, you know, definitely. Fight the uh, the big five for their control of <laughs> yeah. information and what Let they put in front listen of to us. certain people. <laughs> so if you would please go take two minutes to do that, 
Uh, the review does not need to be elaborate, just one or two sentences saying what you like about the show. Uh, drop a five-star rating in there. If it's not five-star, it's fine. You well, can skip it. It's okay. If it's, if, if it's not five-star, right. we're just not friends anymore. We appreciate you listening. <laughs> Absolutely. I guess you, ha- you can have an opinion. Yeah. And the other <laughs> thing we're trying to do is make sure that people are subscribed to the show. Yeah, I know it's definitely. easy for a podcast like ours which I don't think there's a lot of podcasts like ours, but Mm -hmm. for a show that's interviewing quote unquote normal people, it's easy to pull this up in the feed. Or if you're following us on Instagram, you see a photo of our next guest and you say, ah, I don't know them. So I'm not going to listen to this episode. But I mean, that's kind of the point of the show is that we're introducing you to fascinating people that happen to just be doing life with you yeah i mean right now they're doing quarantine with you (laughs) they're doing life adjacent to you (laughs) they're doing life adjacent and separately from you but these are also people going through these kind of experiences Yeah, and our show is called no normal people right that's everybody get to know them and start picking up some of the questions that we like to ask people Mm -hmm. maybe even just a fun icebreaker like what's your favorite ice cream flavor oh yeah I've had some good conversations about ice cream yeah. lately. Oh, yeah. Like last episode with Marshall. Yes, the absolutely. Mint, mint chocolate chip ice cream. Mint chocolate chip. So good. Something called Superman ice cream. What even is that? I need to <laughs> Google that. We're going to Google that later. <laughs> I guess. I mean, if you would go over to your favorite podcast app and hit the subscribe button, that way you make sure that uh, you don't miss an episode anytime it comes out and just give it a try. Even if you don't know the person's name. I got comments from friends and family when the show first started and we had Maria Vieira. Well, now she's Maria Knight, but I got comments from friends and family saying, oh, she's a nail tech. I don't know how interesting this is going to be. And I still get compliments on that episode because of the way we were able to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. I mean, it it really just showed that normal people don't Don't, have to be normal. They're actually not. Don't assume that you can't get anything out of the conversation just because it's about something that you're not technically interested in. Yes. Like me and Maria are such good friends and I have no interest in nails. Right. But I still support her and I still love her. And there's still things that I can learn about life and stuff from her. Yeah. So. Okay. So that was a long winded plea for you to subscribe (laughs) to the show. Find us in your favorite app or if you need a link to it, it's really, really simple. Head to dot nonormalpeople.com slash subscribe and I've built links all through that website for you to just click and it'll open your app on your phone hit the subscribe button and never miss an episode joining us on this very special episode is Jessica Palat yes absolutely Uh, Jessica is a mom of two very energetic twins (laughs) Uh, she is a photographer she is a teacher and she has quite the life story so oh, far. Oh yeah, definitely. This is one of the the heavier episodes that we're probably going to have. A while back, you and I put out our first bonus episode, which was announcing that you were back on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of us verbally processing through our experience with a miscarriage, a very, very yeah. early miscarriage. And it, it was heavy, but it was good for us to talk about. And yeah, it, was, definitely. it was really good. I got several texts and calls from people saying, thank you for saying what you said, kind of normalized the grief process, normalized things that Mm -hmm. usually don't get talked about. Yeah. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, Jessica kind of has one of those stories. She had to go through losing her husband uh, due to some medical health issues last year. And now she's powering through being a single mom, Mm -hmm. powering through being just a person that 
didn't necessarily ask to be the expert in grief or the expert in hard things, but she's viewed as that now by a lot of people in her community. Yeah. And I think that you should take this as a verbal content warning. If you struggle listening to or talking about grief or loss, this is probably one of the episodes that we would not be upset if you skipped. Jessica has a lot of really great things to say, and she's such a fantastic person. So if you can work through that, this would be an excellent episode to listen to. The other thing it's helping us do is kind of highlight the reality of our world where, quote unquote, normal people also have very hard things happen to them. Definitely. We, we really try to be a podcast all about fun and lightheartedness, asking people about their favorite flavor of ice cream and their favorite snacks, mm-hmm. whether they think they would belong to Hogwarts or the Shire, <laughs> um, which is fun and which works. And Jessica still goes through that, but there's a, an entire dimension to her life that doesn't necessarily fall in that. And what this episode is really helping us do is show that normal people can go through incredibly hard things yep. and still thrive in life. Yeah, definitely. Like Jessica does. Yes. And also... A little bonus that we've added into this episode. Yeah, to lighten it up a little. Um, You might recognize them from our intro and outro Mm -hmm. as the adorable little children that say no normal people. Yes. We have a special bit right here in the middle of the show that we're calling No Normal People Junior. Right. Where we interview George and Evelyn, which are Jessica's kids. Jessica's twins, and they are the voices of our intro and outro. Yeah. Every single episode. They're so cute. Absolutely fantastic. So, without further ado, here is Jessica Platt. Jessica, are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Instagram or Facebook? Facebook. Rain or sun? Sun. Hot or cold? Hot. Tea or coffee? (laughs) Tea. (laughs) Early morning or late night? Late night. Summer or winter? Summer. Beaches or mountains? Beaches. Libraries or museums? Museums. Pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. East coast or west coast? East coast. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet or savory? Sweet. Soda or pop? Soda pop. There you go. Hogwarts or the Shire? Hogwarts. Disney or Pixar? Pixar. Pizza or tacos? Pizza. Books or movies? Books. Sweater or hoodie? Hoodie. Handshakes or hugs? Hugs. (laughs) Introvert or extrovert? Right in the middle. Phone calls or texts? Texts. <laughs> Didn't text. even question. Just like texts. All the texts. That's so much better. Yeah. Okay. That's the end of rapid fire questions. Mm-hmm. Some more icebreaker questions, starting with a series of favorites. What is your favorite candy? Uh, when I could have sugar, it was oh. Rocky Road candy bars. Mm. Okay. What is your favorite snack? All of them. That's like trying to pick a favorite child. Oh. <laughs> Fair enough. You know there's one. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Favorite morning drink? Coffee. Coffee. Just black coffee? Mm -mm. Mm-mm. I like like an almond milk creamer and my fake sugars and... Do you have a favorite city? 
Um, right now, my favorite city is probably New Orleans. I went there last year and it was amazing. It's the coolest city and I would love to go back. Favorite novel? Probably the one I've gone back to and read the most has been To Kill a Mockingbird. Nice. Mm. Uh, each time I read it, I just it's a different experience and I just I relate to different characters in different ways. And that's mm, good. That's just a fun one to reread. Who's What's the dad's name? Atticus. Atticus. Yeah. Stephen reminds me of Atticus. Oh. So much. I can see that. Yeah. No, I can totally see yeah. that. Uh, favorite smell? Lilacs. I Ooh. like putting them in my house and then when I like walk by them and it's like this unexpected Just like. Just waft. Waft. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lovely. Oh, it's a nice moment. So good. What is your favorite TV show? Bob's Burgers. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's a first. I that is. heard that one yet. I know. I'm surprised. What is your gotten a lot of office and parks and rec and stuff like that? Yeah. Uh, What is your favorite ice cream flavor? Um, I know this is gonna be really weird, but I loved the bubblegum ice creams (laughs) because then when you're done eating the ice cream, you have bubblegum. You have bubblegum. I have never heard of this. It like extends (laughs) the sugar experience. The ones that you would get at like a ice cream truck. Well, like the gumball eyeballs. Uh, it was usually at shops that I oh, found okay. them. Yeah. Oh. But then you just like keep the, the gum in the corner of your mouth while you eat the rest of the yeah. ice cream. And it just. I think of the Sonic head ice cream pop that they sell at ice cream trucks. Yes. And it never looked like Sonic, but they said it was Sonic. And they had gumballs <laughs> for eyeballs. <laughs> anyway. <Sounds terrifying. laughs> I've never even heard of this. That's because you're allergic crazy. to everything. Okay. <laughs> That's not true. But okay, Jessica, uh, what are foods you will never eat? I'm open to most things, trying at once, um, but probably the brain of any creature. I <laughs> okay. would just be like, nope, that's that's a step too far. Draw the line. Agreed. That's, Agreed. The, that's the line. Who is the smartest person you know? Mm, probably my dad. Mm-hmm. Every time I, I really need insight into something, he's just really wise. And uh, it, it, both him and my mom, you know, they... They both have their own categories. Do you have a secret talent? I can make my tongue like roll into like six different, like, look. Whoa. I don't even know how to describe what I'm doing right now. It's a very visual <laughs> thing. It sounded weird. But so. it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Not very practical. Mm, an audio medium. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Let me describe it to you. Yeah. <laughs> What was your first job? I was making pizzas at Big Rose Pizza, and I was allergic to tomato sauce. So oh, no. that that's rough. That didn't go didn't go very well. But that I was is... there for two years, so oh, I pulled man. through. Okay. Do you have a historical hero? Not really, because I I know too much about the historical figures that I yeah. like where I'm like, oh, this is a really neat thing that they did. And then you're like, oh, but it turned out they owned like 40 people. They were bad people. <laughs> they yeah. owned a lot that of was yeah. cool. <laughs> like, yeah. That's how Stephen feels about Thomas Jefferson. That was my answer. Yeah. So, yeah, I, think I get I, that, but. I think the closest I come is Frida Kahlo mm. because. Um, eyebrows? Uh, yeah, because of eyebrow games. <laughs> real strong. But also because I. um I really liked how she pushed through her pain to keep producing art. Like I have a photo of her that I look at a lot of her laying in bed with an easel on her lap and she's got her paints on her chest and she's just Mm. painting away. And I'm like, that is that is amazing that Mm -hmm. she can push through that. And as someone who's encountered a lot of chronic pain and and 
um, fatigue and illness throughout my life. It yeah. kind of inspires me. So that's very, that's cool. very good. What is the worst fashion trend you've ever participated in? And the perm I had in fifth grade. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't even have to think about that. Excellent. <laughs> Perms. Yeah. What, <laughs> what was your first live concert? Save Ferris. It's a ska band. Oh, yes. Yeah. And the All opener right. was a local band, Varicoasters, still fan, friends with the singer to this day. So that's kind of fun. Oh, that's cool. You are? Yeah. Okay. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Probably super strength combined with like impervious to any kind of wounds. Mm. I mm. could protect people. Like and, constitution? Constitution? Yeah. It's Is a D and D term. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, like of America. What are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, the Constitution, about? right? Yeah. We the people of the United. No. <laughs> <laughs> what comes to mind when I ask you what your proudest achievement is? My kids. They mm. know it's kind of cliche, but nah, they're oh, real cute. Oh my gosh, they're the best. They're they awesome. Are. I totally agree. They are so much cooler <laughs> than me, and I don't know how much I have to do with that, but I will take credit. <laughs> Fantastic. What did you have for breakfast? I had a smoothie today. What kind? Frozen fruit and carrots and yogurt and mm. honey. And I'm that really glad you're good. asking me that on a day where I cannot be ashamed of the answer. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Makes me sound a lot healthier than I am. You picked a good day. <laughs> yes. Fantastic. What would you eat for your last meal? Giant bowl of Kraft macaroni and cheese with a side of Cheetos. Oh, yes. <laughs> Just a massive taste explosion before I go down. Just get into it. Oh, that it. sounds so good. Doesn't I'm it so though? Like, right now. Do not try and convince me anybody on Top Chef has anything that can beat that because yeah. you will not. I'm sorry. Have you had Kraft macaroni? It's no. Heavenly. And finally, what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, an FBI agent. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Okay. And a ballerina at the same time. And then I was also going to be a pediatrician at the same time. But you see, I'd be an undercover agent, so nobody would know that I was a secret agent because obviously I'm too busy being a ballerina and right. a doctor for, yeah, I, I had a whole plan. It was yeah. very elaborate. <laughs> yeah. Where did that plan come from? My grandpa was an FBI agent. He uh, Really? Yeah. He was under Hoover and had a little spat with hoover and everything got in trouble and jeez demoted because he was standing up for one of his guys and that's how my dad's fam family ended up in denver my goodness yes because <laughs> hoover heck. was mad at my grandpa classic hoover. wow classic hoover what a connection <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep. okay jessica palat yes thank you for joining us you're welcome you did it uh, we're very excited for this <laughs> yeah let's get to know you a little bit all right can we start with where you grew up i grew up in eugene oregon mm -hmm. in a house out in the country about three miles from town okay lots of land to run around on what was your family like then um my mom was a stay-at-home mom for okay. most of my childhood and my dad was a writer who worked for campus crusade for christ um mm. He uh, started out as an ordained minister, and then my mom joined him as an ordained minister later on. Uh, I've got a younger sister, who's seven years younger than me, and twin younger brothers, who are nine years younger. And then all of our extended family, well, a lot of our extended family live next door. And so we Ooh. had about 10 acres between us. community. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a commune. It was real nice. Fantastic. That's yeah. excellent. 
lots of room to run around, probably yeah. playing with cousins a lot. Yeah. Well, my um, sister and brothers had cousins um, right around their age and there was just they would just be like a little pack running around. Mm. The, Perfect. Oh, they were so cute. And But I was much older, older than everyone yeah. else. Uh, so okay. I stayed in my room and read a lot. Yeah. Ooh, there you go. Yeah. OK. So you grew up in Eugene, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Is that where you went to high school as well? Yes. OK. Where did you go after high school? I went to Monmouth, Oregon, which is a teeny tiny town outside of Salem. Okay. And I started uh, working on my elementary ed degree there and went into a wild tailspin of depression (laughs) and anxiety. And uh, I was like, oh, maybe I'll be a music major. No, I'll be an ed major. No, I'll be a music major. Oh, look, I'm in a lot of debt. So (laughs) after three years, I was like, yeah, I'm going to take a little break and pay some of that off. And then I... Several years later, ended up at the University of Oregon, where I got my degree in English and my master's in education. Wow. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Still, when you were in the master's, were you still aiming at like elementary education? I at that point, I went up to um, middle and high school. Okay. Because I just love that age, especially middle schoolers. Mm-hmm. I know they can be exhausting, but <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh, they are the cutest, <laughs> and I adore them. <laughs> They're so sad and confused. They you just so want to help them. And they just want to be loved while <laughs> yeah. looking cool at the same time. Just notice me. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. So you graduate with both your degrees from University of Oregon. Yep. Where do you go from there? At that point, Adam and I, my husband and I got married. Mm-hmm. Did you meet in high school? No. Not high school. College? Did Neither. you meet in college? No, I ordered okay. him on the internet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, in between my college experiences, I lived in New York and then I went and moved to LA for a while. Wow. Um, and on my way back from LA, I was like, dating is the worst. I hate <laughs> this. I'm just going to look online and just see what I can see. And I went online and on a free communication weekend, I got an email or a, I don't know, what was it? Like a poke or a hey there? I don't know what it was. It was yeah. on eHarmony. And um, I was wow. like, well, this guy seems cool. And <laughs> over the course of the weekend, we went through like the whole process that they have set up. And we had a date by Sunday. And Wow. Uh, yeah, it was very efficient. I had no idea. Very efficient. Yeah. <laughs> Highly <laughs> recommend. It definitely worked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks eHarmony yeah, thanks eHarmony <laughs> oh fantastic okay so after college after your master's degree then you got married mm-hmm. to Adam yes uh, did you guys move from there uh, no not at that point we were living in Cresswell Oregon little town outside of Eugene mm-hmm. and uh, we were planning on starting a family right away um, we were like oh we'll put it off six months after we get married <laughs> yeah. just have our you no. know <laughs> grown up time together and enjoy being married and all of that and I was gonna try and go straight into motherhood from there because um, I discovered I had fibromyalgia. And so Mm. working full time as a teacher wasn't really an option at that point until I got my fibro under control. And so we started trying right away, like after six months, and it took a long time. Mm. Right. Yeah. So did your uh, fibromyalgia, did it, was it the cause of your struggle to get pregnant? Um, no, it turns out I was just uh, ahead of the curve as far as aging goes. Um, Mm. I just was getting it all done ahead of time. I I was like running out of eggs and, um, I was premenopausal at like, what was I? 32 when they tested. Oh my gosh. I was like looking it up online and there's all these like beautiful elderly women with snowy hair on white couches (laughs) sipping tea. I was like, this is menopause. 
Jesus, what's happening? I don't even have a white couch. What am I going to do? And so, um, you know, we went through all the oh, the pills and the hormones and mm-hmm. the everything. And it took, oh, how many rounds? Two rounds of IVF before we got pregnant with uh, the twins. Mm. But there was a lot before that, too. Just right. Of, like, oh, can we do to your ovaries to make them work? <laughs> nothing, yeah. no, actually. Turns out, <laughs> just not a lot. There's nothing there. Not a Sorry. lot. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So how has fibromyalgia affected how you just day-to-day things um it kind of depends on the day sometimes i wake up and i feel fairly normal now Mm -hmm. and that's after years and years of work right at Mm -hmm. it when i first had fibro it was an everyday in bed just miserable trying Mm -hmm. to figure out what is wrong with me how do i get to feeling better um and it's been a long process it's it's taken a lot of experimentation and just a lot of you know i tried everything from acupuncture to physical therapy, massage, all the different meds mm. that they have out there for treating that. Now, most days when I wake up, I can count on feeling able to get through the day. Right. Most of the time, it, you know, I wake up and I, I do my routine and I can get through the day. Sometimes, though, it's just not. Yeah. Just... Right. And it's a lot of outside factors that. Yeah. That. So you don't eat sugar. Right. Is there any like physical stuff that you have to avoid? overextending myself i know a lot of people when they work out the harder they push themselves the stronger they get right but if i push myself too much Mm. it lays me flat for Mm. days so i have to find a balance between what am i capable of doing and what should i do and right just figuring out how to push myself just a little bit more so that i'm getting stronger without also wanting to die the next day (laughs) right yes exactly but i focus a lot more on what i can do than what i can't right and that helps a lot like when it comes to nutrition i focus more on what can i eat and and filling my diet with those Mm. things Mm -hmm. than worrying about what i can't eat right yeah or even today you came over and you checked the barometric pressure yes Of the atmosphere before we started yes, recording. I wanted to see how fast it was dropping because yeah. if it goes uh, too fast, then I know that I'm about to feel real crummy Dang. and I lose like half my vocabulary. I get like this fibro fog where it it feels and sounds like I'm just a little bit drunk and <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> not like a fun way. Not the wow. fun drunk. No, just. <laughs> Is there a fun and drunk? And that's one of the things. <laughs> And that's one of the things you definitely can't control. Yeah. But you can at least predict and mm-hmm. yeah. kind of set yourself up to, you know, make it through. Right. Well, and sometimes just knowing the answer of why do I feel so grummy right now is really mm. nice. Yeah. It, when you when you go through your life having this thing that just feels so crummy and you're like, am I just being a wuss? And <laughs> is everybody else feeling the same way? And I'm just the only one who's complaining about it. Or, right. And then once you finally get that diagnosis, it's like. Oh, okay, there's a name for this. And mm. there are other people I can talk to about this with the same thing. Yeah. And that must feel freeing in a way, especially with something like fibro. Oh, yeah. Just because, yeah, if you don't have a name for it, you're, you know, you're just kind of in the dark. I'm just kind of broken. Apparently yeah. I'm just bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then if I have to like use some sort of assistance or, or get yeah. help before you have a name for it, asking for help feels so weird and and self-indulgent right once you have a name you can be like 
listen, I have fibromyalgia, right. you know, and you're just being able to tell people it's a right. thing. It's a real thing. A doctor said, I have a thing. I'm not just being lazy. Can sure. you please help I'm me? not crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and I appreciate too. Like, I like you, you were kind of talking about, you know, now that I know even the barometric pressure can affect me or the certain foods I eat, like you're incredibly mindful of what's happening mm-hmm. and you might be able to say, oh, you know, like things are flaring up and this might be what's putting me in this mood. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know. Yeah. Giving me this attitude. Well, that all started when I was in the fertility treatments. Yeah. I was on uh, some, I don't remember even what drug it was, but they didn't warn me that it was going to make me lose my ever-loving mind. And it <laughs> oh. was Valentine's Day weekend. Oh, no. I was traveling with Adam and his parents. Oh, no. <laughs> and... I Which, was for Valentine's Day. That's quite a setup, even minus the drugs. I was not mad about it. I, you know, it was a beautiful hotel. We were going on this lovely trip. It was fine. It was romantic. And I was crying about everything. <laughs> everything made me cry. And I'm like, why am I angry crying right now? It was baffling. And then when I got back, they were like, oh, yeah, that that's. That's the drugs. Should have told you. I was like, oh, that would have been good information to have. But (laughs) oh, man. Yeah. So now I'm just kind of more aware of like, okay, did I start any medication recently? Mm. Or did I eat something that might have had sugar in it and just didn't know or something like that? And it's been really helpful. Now my mindfulness doesn't have to be quite as mindful. It's kind of the natural way I live. You're already aware. Yeah. Right. So you start there and then we get. Or you and Adam get through infertility. Yeah. Would you tell us a little bit about your twins? Yeah. So they were born a little early, spent about 10 days in the NICU. Wow. Okay. Um, George and Evelyn. And uh, George came first. Evelyn uh, made an entrance. <laughs> <laughs> she had a cord wrapped around her neck three times. Oh, my gosh. Oh my she uh, didn't want to make an appearance. And <laughs> it took about 40 minutes. But uh, she finally came out. And yeah, it, and it was um, it was wonderful. They were they were still healthy. Just, you know, needed to get a few things under control yeah. before we left. So we spent about 10 days in NICU. Just and, being a little premature. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. About a month and a half premature. Stephen was preemie. I was. I was a a month. I was a month premature. Uh huh. But I came out eleven pounds. Holy smokes! (laughs) Yeah. What even? (laughs) Yep. I hope you give your mother a lot of flowers on Mother's Day. I most definitely do. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. A lot of apologies. She is a trooper. That is what. That is what my children wait together. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely. He didn't look like a preemie. But yeah, oh I, was the, I was the 11 pound month premature baby uh, in the <laughs> delivery area, like with a oh, man. full head of jet black hair. Oh my gosh. And yeah, it was. <laughs> you would have come out looking like a toddler in another month. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Oh, thank God he came out then. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> But your kids are literally the yeah, cutest. Yeah, so George oh, and yeah. Evie, yeah, they are four years old now? Yeah, almost five. Oh, my God. Five in April. Okay. Yeah, and they're so smart. They're, they're just, so smart. Oh, my gosh. And in their own unique ways. Like, mm-hmm. they're so different, but they're both brilliant little kids. Mm-hmm. And I love playing Lego with George. Yes. It's one of my favorite things. He loves to build and... Yep. And, and read everything. He's mm-hmm. four yeah. and a half and he's already sight reading books. And I'm like, what? Is That's that? so good. I don't even know how to read. We, uh, <laughs> the last time we babysat, they had me sit down and read a book to them before they went to bed. Uh-huh. 
I didn't, I didn't even read it. He just read it to me, oh but I was gosh. holding it between the two of them. It does not surprise me, <laughs> yeah, but just, it scares me. He's going to like overtake me soon. And I'm like, so smart. I got to so stay smart. A, like a lesson ahead, man. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> got to slow down, bro. Yeah. And then oh, I can't keep up. <laughs> Evelyn is like brilliant as far as like interpersonal mm-hmm. stuff. I agree. Oh my gosh. Her vocabulary is just amazing she will take on a new word she'll like hear it and she'll be like "Ooh, i'm gonna use that and uh, oh so you gotta be careful yeah she's been talking about the coronavirus a lot wow okay (laughs) i'm like she's up on current affairs like oh man she overwhelms me sometimes with her conversations i'm like i can barely keep up with you kid like Where did you learn those she's very, words? She's very socially aware, too. Mm-hmm. When we babysat, again, going back to that night, we were putting him down to bed, and she asked us to sing, and Dixie was like, oh, yeah, Stephen, why don't you sing them something? And to be honest, it was the first time I had ever <laughs> sang a lullaby to kids. So I I forget what I sang. Twinkle, twinkle, probably. Yeah, Something like so. that. That's but a I top got, favorite. Oh, no, I, she asked for jingle bells. Oh. Oh, yeah. And not was, surprising. Well, so I got yeah. done and Evelyn was like, can we do it again? And can you not be so nervous? <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I can got do that. You. Oh my I can, God. I can loosen up a bit. That I'm sorry. So like, it was oh so adorable. But I didn't talk her through like, I've never done this before, man. That is so fun. She would have loved it. She, you can tell her that and but she, was she will so, be fine with it. She was so aware of me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is awesome. amazing. Yep. That is baffling. <laughs> they are such cute kids. Oh yeah. So George and Evelyn, they are actually the two little children we have on the intro and outro of the podcast. That's mm-hmm. right. Uh, it's Evelyn's voice right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And it's the two of them pretty much shouting into the microphone yes. at the end. <laughs> George thought that he was, was hilarious. So enthusiastic. Oh, yeah. It was so fun. <laughs> that day having them over was a blast. Yeah, it was. Yes. I think it took us 20 minutes to get <laughs> those two clips done. But what we also did while we were checking levels was Dixie kind of ran them through a couple just fun questions. Mm-hmm. Like, what's your favorite color? What do you love most about your mom? So I think we're going to stick that in here right now. Let's throw to that. Favorite color? Blue and green. Blue and green. Excellent choices. What is your favorite movie? <laughs> I like so much movies. Oh, yeah, me too. Do you have a favorite? Like, you can't yeah. pick? I, I, what do I... I think she likes me. Aha! Yes, she I does. know. It's... <laughs> First, let's do it. Okay, okay. Do you, you like Paw Patrol? Yeah! Yeah, Paw Patrol. We want Paw Patrol. Show. <laughs> don't, don't grab the microphone, buddy. Here, I'll put you. Good job. Like that, and then that will be a little better. All right. Can you tell me what your favorite thing about your mom is? Snuggling me. Snuggling you. That's good. Don't put your face right up against it, buddy. We don't want to touch it. Okay? That is a good answer. Wow. Okay, Evie, are you ready? Uh-huh. Okay. I'm gonna. T- you're gonna talk right here. But I need help, Mom. I don't. Oh. Okay. I can't get up. <laughs> Okay, one more thing. What do you need? What's your name? My name Mm -hmm. is Dixie. Oh, stay back, buddy. Stay back. (laughs) Good job. Come here, Evs. Okay. Nope, nope. Don't touch that, Georgie. Don't touch that. (laughs) Okay, Evie, what were you for Halloween? 
A unicorn. A unicorn. Now that I know only has one horn, right? Or did you have more than one? One. Just one. Were you a specific color? White and um, pink. White and, and pink. golden. Oh my gosh. That is so cute. What were you last Georgie, year for Halloween? Georgie. No, no, no. No, no, no. That'll mess it up. That'll mess it up. Don't play with it. I was Violet. You were Violet? Georgie. Oh, yeah, because he Georgie. was Dash, no, right? Georgie. <laughs> it's okay. Put it back in, bud. Here, you can play with my phone. <laughs> Dicks. You were Violet. Is that your favorite character from Incredibles? Yeah. Yeah? Uh, let's see. What is your favorite color? Um, Rainbow Sparkle Light Up. <laughs> Very good answer. Rainbow all the colors, light right? Up, but they all the colors, and they have to be sparkling, and they have to light up. <laughs> I gotcha. That's perfect. That's my favorite color. Okay, how about now? You tell me what your favorite thing is about your mom. Um, Wendy kisses me goodnight. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> okay, are you guys ready? We're gonna do this yes. thing. All oh, right, get ready, George. I'll give it to you afterwards. Okay. We're going to do it, and then I'll give it to you afterwards. No normal people. Beautiful. That was beautiful. Okay, we're no going to say it at the same time. People. Okay, get ready to say it at the same time. Hop up on your knees. Here. There we go. <laughs> and you're going to not touch the microphone because it'll mess it up, okay? Okay, I'm going to count to three, and then I'll point at you guys, and then you're going to say it together, okay? Are you ready? Uh-huh. One, two, three. No normal people. <laughs> Okay, you put your mouth on it, buddy. Don't put your mouth on it. Hold on, hold on. You can say it a little louder, okay? Just a little louder. You you got it? Got it. Okay, and you do it exactly the same. That was so good, okay? Sorry, that's my phone. (laughs) Are you guys ready? Yep. Stay back, Georgie. Don't put your mouth on it. Ready? One, two, three. No, no more people. No, you don't need to get louder, but Evie did need to get a little louder, okay? <laughs> okay. Let's do it one, more, one time, more time. And you be a little bit calmer, and you be a little bit louder, okay? I'll yeah. No, because you're, you're perfect doing it loud. You're so good. You don't have to do it loud. You're doing great. You're doing so great. Okay, okay but don't ready? put your mouth on it, okay? Are you ready? Yep. Okay. One, two, three. No, no more people. We have to that do it. Good. That we was have good. to do it normal, buddy. Stop, 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 stop. Here, I'm going to go on okay. George's side. I think he needs a little help. Okay. George, no, leave that there. No, wait, Evie, we have to do it one more time where Georgie does it normal, okay? George, you get close. Can you get on your knees? Can you get on your knees? Practice. Let's do it together. One, two, three. No more people. Beautiful. Okay. That was great. Okay. Are you ready? I'm going to count to three and then point at you. All right. One, two, three. No, no more people. <laughs> that was silly, but we can't use that, right? Can you do it normal for me this time? No, no more people. Just like that, but with Perfect. Evelyn and when she counts to three. And then I'll let you play the color game, okay? Ready? You got to do it normal. Ready? One, two, three. No, no more people. Perfect. That yeah. was perfect. Yeah. High five. Good job. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to do it again or anything? Okay. 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 Okay
You did so good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Thank you, guys. guys. Okay, that was so fun with George and Evelyn there. Yeah. You and Adam were in Oregon. Was that where the twins were born? Yes. Okay. And you guys end up in Billings, Montana. How did that happen? Adam's work. Um, he was so good at his job in Oregon that he kind of worked himself out of, uh, <laughs> not out of a job, but wow. like he could kind of see like the writing on the wall, like so good at this that I've made it kind of run on its own. And even a monkey could do this and I don't want them to hire a monkey instead of me. So maybe I'll just transfer somewhere wow. where I'm more needed. Okay. And we'd always talked about um, Montana as being an option and there just happened to be an opening here. Sure. And it just seemed like a good idea. And after a lot of praying and a lot of thought, it was hard for me because leaving my family, leaving right. my friends, yeah, hometown, I, I loved it there. I didn't have plans on moving again. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of got the travel bug out when I was younger. And so um, <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. And moving to <laughs> Billings, Montana, which I didn't know a lot about, it was a big leap of faith. Right. And uh, so we got here. He started his new job. We started looking for a home. It took us about six months of living with his parents before we got a new house. <laughs> okay. God bless them. Yep. Because the kids were six months old when we moved oh, here. Man. And. Oh my gosh, that was good a work. Lot. Do not recommend. Good work, fam. <laughs> yeah, you guys did it. Oh man, not okay. without a lot of help. Um, and so, you know, he started with his new job, but then his health just kind of started getting a little shaky, mm. and mm -hmm. we didn't think it was anything we couldn't overcome. But it just it started getting more and more difficult. You know, long story short, um, he ended up switching jobs and adjusting to the new job it just left less time for him to take care of himself and at the same time i was having my own um health issues yeah right um and two kids and two kids <laughs> yeah yeah two uh very high energy kids so i thought okay i'm gonna take care of my health in 2019 2019 is gonna be the year where i make the sacrifices i put in the work i get the surgeries i do the things mm -hmm. so right. that when 2020 comes, 2020 will be my year. I'll be I'll be ready to move on with my life. I will be healthy. I will be whole. I I can start moving forward with a career, with my right. kids, with right. you know living life. And so I had done some genetic testing and discovered I had a gene called I don't remember now Rad <laughs> Rad 41 or something like that. All I know is I was Rad. Um, <laughs> You are rad. I'm very rad. And it's in my genes. Yep. Um, science. Yeah, science. I proved it. I am rad. And uh, turns out being rad also means you have an increased chance of having breast cancer and ovarian cancer. Mm. Okay. And I was like, mm, I don't like that. And I had to go in for, a, oh, what do you call it when they squish the boobs? Um, oh, mammogram. 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 Thanks. <laughs> the boob squishing thing. I'm going to get technical with you guys. <laughs> boob squishing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and they saw a shadow and I was like, Ugh. oh no. And they looked, you know, again and it turned out not to be a thing, but I'm like, I'm not doing this forever. I'm not going to spend the rest of my life going every six months. Not playing this game. Like, <laughs> just waiting for breast cancer yeah. to hit. And I was like, nope, just get rid of the boobies. Yeah. And so... <laughs> Uh, I was going to get a breast reduction anyways, just for my back. And so we're just like, okay, let's just 
and just get it done. Mm-hmm. So I went in, got the breast reduction, got the reconstruction. And then um, so I had to get a hysterectomy. At the same time, they were going to excise some endometriosis, which is giving me pelvic pain. And that's kind of a little trickier than just your average, average hist. And so <laughs> Adam had a surgeon friend in Eugene and he said, if I was going to send you to anyone in the world, it would be Dr. Yang. And she was so skilled and so good and so kind, um, which it's not super common for a doctor to have both amazing bedside manner and be extremely skilled. Mm. And right. She had a nice balance of both. Amazing. And so, um, but it was back in Eugene yeah. and, you know, Adam's back was having issues and he wasn't feeling great, but he, we knew that he could go stay with his parents if things got really bad, um, while I was in Eugene and my parents would help take care of George and Evelyn while I got my hysterectomy mm-hmm. and recovered. So we had it all planned out, um, every step of the way. So I went to Eugene, got my hysterectomy and I was kind of terrified because every time when you do a hysterectomy you have to fill your abdominal cavity with air so that they can see what they're doing um and with the robot um the uh, da vinci robot is what they used and the last time my abdomen was filled with air i died a little bit um (laughs) so when they had they had super convenient yeah (laughs) when they had the year before looked inside my abdomen to figure out if i actually had endometriosis and pelvic congestion syndrome, which turns out I do, my heart stopped beating, um, like my pulse. And uh, they had to do chest compressions and, you know, bring me back and all of that. And I did not get the light at the end of the tunnel experience. And I am furious. (laughs) If I'm going to die, at least let me see a light. I want visions. (laughs) I want boys. Nothing. Wow. I want my money back. Um, and so I was really nervous going into the hysterectomy because I knew that they had to fill my abdominal. So I I was going over it with the doctor. I went over it with the anesthesiologist. I said, listen, I'm really nervous. Last time we did this, I died. Could you please make sure I don't die again? And he was like, okay, I got this. (laughs) And, um, we went in and sure enough, my pulse started to drop. I don't remember this part clearly, but, um, he told me afterwards. Um, And so they just slowed things down and shoved some drugs into me and to keep things going. And um, she was able to to do the hysterectomy and take out the endometriosis successfully. Wow. Nice. Wow. Which was great. Um, and I'm really glad that we did that because I feel a lot better now. Um, helped a lot. And um, when I came out, the first thing I'm doing is yelling into the recovery room. Did I die? Which <laughs> must have been baffling to yeah. the other patients. <laughs> so the nurses were like, stop. Oh, my gosh. Oh, you're <laughs> so dramatic. Right. You did not die. Um, Calm down. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they've heard weirder, but yeah. still. So I went home to recover and I was uh, staying in the living room downstairs at my parents' house and just watching a lot of Netflix and doing some embroidery and just kind of chilling out on the painkillers, you know, while I recovered. On day two, you know, I still was still hurting quite a bit and I was just kind of fuzzy headed on painkillers and it kind of comes in waves and like I tried to take it regularly so it was kind of even keel, but yeah. Uh, there was one point where I was just like really sleepy and just, and then Adam called and I was just like, I'm going to call him back when I don't sound so drunk headed. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. drunk. Wow. Um, I'll just call him back in a little bit when I'm a little, after I've had a little nap. So I call him back later 
And he doesn't answer. And I'm like, all right, no big deal. He'll call me before he goes to bed. Because mm-hmm. um, he usually did. A call or a text or something. Mm-hmm. I'd hear from him. Yeah, I didn't hear from him that night, which was kind of weird. But I was, again, fuzzy headed. And I was like, it's fine. I'll just. Um, I looked on the um, security system in their house. And lights were on. And I was like, I bet he's just watching a show on his iPad in our bedroom or something like mm-hmm. that. Because I could see on the the home monitoring system because we had video cameras that you right. could look at online. Yeah. Well, the dog's walking around, lights are on. I'm like, all right, no big deal. So I just went to sleep. I wake up the mor- in the morning and I'm looking on my, my phone through the security system and lights are still on, the same lights. Um, back doors open, I notice. And the dogs are able to come in and out, but it's just kind of weird for the door to be open that right. long. I thought, did he just get really tired and go to bed? And I just kind of kept an eye on it. And like, it was getting later in the morning and I was seeing the dogs kind of wander around and... I was like, this is just weird. And he's not responding to my texts. And I try calling and I'm like, okay, Adam, I'm getting nervous. I'm going to call your parents. And so I call his parents and I say, listen, I'm probably just being paranoid, but can you please check on Adam? Mm-hmm. So his dad went over um, and I watched on our security system as his dad comes in calling for Adam and there's no response. And he was in the bathroom of our bedroom and he'd been there since the night before mm. and um sometime in the night the um shower was still running toothpaste or on oh, the toothbrush was in the sink um so he had passed suddenly and just not known anything was really wrong and so i watched all this on our um video monitor as uh, his mom came and then the police came, and as I was listening to what the policeman said, he said, I'm so sorry for your loss. And that's what I knew. Mm. Mm. Because before that, I could just be like, well, he just must have hurt himself or something. Um, but then it was like, they don't say that unless. Yeah. And so I knew that George and Evelyn were in the living room and mm-hmm. I was like, they cannot know. They cannot see me right now. So I just really quietly went through the living room to my mom's bathroom where she was getting ready for the day. And I said, mom, Adam died. <laughs> Adam's dead. And, um, she, she jumped into action and she, uh, got my brothers over. Well, I just sat in the bathroom cause I didn't, I didn't know what else to do. I was just stunned. I was just absolutely stunned. And uh, she just got things into motion. Um, Mm -hmm. Got someone to, she got my brothers to come home and um, take George and Evelyn out on my brother's boat to go uh, tubing, you know, just Mm -hmm. get them out of the house so they didn't, because I just couldn't pretend to be normal in front of them and I didn't want them to find out. Right. Because, you know, they're so observant. They're so smart. All kids are, but, you know, it's just, I needed to be prepared for when I, I told them and I just couldn't at that moment. And, um, I called his parents and just said, listen, I know you don't have to tell me cause I just, I didn't want to put that on them. Just mm-hmm. having to figure out how to tell me, you know, I wow. said, I'm coming home and I called the surgeon and got approval to fly. Cause I wasn't sure. Am I going to risk an embolism? Like, Oh yeah. Right. Um, I was still, you know, wrapped up in, in my, <laughs> it was I was not supposed to be even walking around much let alone flying mm-hmm. but you know they said 
yeah, go for it. You know, you, you can go. And so, um, we, it's, it's all a blur how I got packed and mm-hmm. those, that day was surreal, but somehow got packed. I told the kids, but they couldn't, they couldn't understand. They couldn't fathom what that no. really meant. You know, yeah. they're yeah. four, you know, um, and so we headed home and George and Evelyn were still like convinced that I was lying, I think a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we, we got home and Evelyn took my hand and started walking around the house with me saying, let's just check. Let's mm-hmm. just look for daddy. Let's just check. And so we went downstairs and upstairs and downstairs and mm-hmm. upstairs and then down the block and then to the park. And then once we got to the park and got on the top of the hill and looked all around, you know, it was, she, she realized, okay, I, she said, I, she said, I guess daddy really is dead. Mm. And sat and we just cried and cried. And, um, it took George a lot longer to really take in that it was real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but his little heart just couldn't, he just couldn't really take it you know he couldn't really take it all in it was just too much but people people rallied around us in a way that i have never imagined possible it was i cannot even list for you it would take me hours to list (laughs) for you all the things that people have done for us in the most unexpected ways you know just practical things like meals you know slipped into the freezer or Mm. um, gift cards for restaurants sending flowers and plants and helping with the kids and just the list. I I can't even. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It went on and on. And then, um, you know, that week we, we had to stay moving because, Mm -hmm. you know, we had to make all these decisions and, Mm -hmm. Those those next few weeks as we buried Adam and put things in order and filled out the forms and did all the unexpected work of death, you know, I yeah. I, I didn't even really get a chance to process much because mm-hmm. it was just, you know, coming home and they're just gone, mm-hmm. you know. It was a lot, but um, I had put in so much work in 2019 with the idea that this is going to be hard. This is going to be a hard year that when it got harder than expected, it was like I had put on armor. I had um, Mm. been walking into battle already. And so when, you know, an unexpected attack came in, I was, I was already braced. And I think that helped a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And being just surrounded by, community and family and friends that were already there to support and already there to be there. Yeah. Um, it was really good. It was really good. It didn't stop me from ending up in the hospital a few weeks later when my <laughs> incisions ripped and I was Gosh. bleeding all over the place, but Gosh. <laughs> you know, it wasn't easy by, by any stretch of the imagination, of mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm okay. And I'm here and yeah, we survived. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. I don't do this often, but I feel very strongly right now that I need to tell you that you are unbelievably strong. So, so far stronger than 
any living human I've ever come in contact with. And despite how strong you are, I think it needs to be said that you don't need to worry about being protected. You are protected on every side, no matter what. I don't know if that's something that you worry about, being safe and not feeling like you have to be strong. But I think you should know that there are people here that love you and will protect you. And God has literally got your front, your back, and both sides for you and the kids and all of your family. Mm. So just yeah. wanted to, I felt like I needed to say that. Well, that's good to hear. <laughs> yeah, I've, um, I felt unbelievably supported, especially in Billings, in a place where just a few years ago, I didn't know anyone but my husband's family. Mm-hmm. It is staggering to me the depths of the relationships that I've been able to form with people here. Like, I feel like I've known you since high school. <laughs> like, we didn't meet that long ago, but there's no. something about, you know, our friendship that makes me feel like, oh, yeah, Dixie, yeah. who no. I've known for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Which I did not meet you when you were a small child, so I know that's not accurate. That's not true, but close. <laughs> I, you know, honestly, like. Dixie does that to almost everyone, though. So it's sorry. Amazing. She has that kind of I just, of like, spirit. insert myself into people's lives. I and love like, it. Get over it. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I remember talking to you at Fresh Life when I was doing photography stuff. And I remember our campus pastor was like, yeah, there's. Jessica, she does photography. And I was like, awesome. I don't have to do it all the time anymore. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and like our first conversation was like over email. Oh, I'm pretty it? sure. Yeah. Or text or something. I don't even know. I don't even know. Um, but I feel like we didn't really, really like start to really get to know each other until like the day you flew home. Oh, yeah. From from your surgery, that's right. Because um, yeah. Crystal and I came up to the you airport were at the airport to see that's you, right? And I don't know what it was, but because we were Crystal and Tom, and we were sitting in our kitchen having dinner, and Crystal was just talking about you and how how much she really wanted to be there for you, and I was like, okay, then let's go to the airport. That was amazing. <laughs> that was amazing. I I remember that now so clearly. I can. Wow, that yeah, is and amazing. It, I had never experienced that kind of grief before. I'd never, I'd never seen that kind of grief before. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing you and you talking about George and Evelyn not believing you. And right. I had never seen fear and grief so plainly in someone's eyes before. And mm-hmm. I knew like that second, I was like, I can't not be here for her Mm. like i have to i have to support her even if it's exhausting to me Mm. and it it hasn't been exhausting it's nowhere near exhausting (laughs) it's it's a joy to actually be friends with you and to be here for you in anything that you need and i genuinely wish that i had made that connection before all of this i wish i had i wish i had known the jessica with adam Mm. you know yeah because the jessica i know is the jessica moving past mm. moving past that mm. you're no you're not the same person no. you were and you won't you'll never be the same person you I'll were i'll never be the same person but, but you know what i i'm okay with that mm-hmm. um i feel like so it's it's hard to explain this without sounding like i'm okay with everything that happened i'm not okay with it right i, I still grieve 
I still um, get triggered by just odd things. The, the other night I had just the most realistic flashbacks to our home in Cresswell and mm. playing Lord of the Rings online with Adam <laughs> and he would make me gin and tonics and I could taste the gin and tonics and I could feel the chair under my hands. I felt like if I, if I, I would close my eyes and I felt like if I open my eyes right now and look around, I will be in Cresswell. Mm. And it was, I, you know, that's a, I, I believe that's a PTSD response. Yeah. And I didn't even know until afterwards that I had been triggered because I had seen a book that had been in his office mm. um, behind his desk uh, when we would play those games. Yeah. And it was it was bizarre. <laughs> but I get I get triggered by odd things. And, you know, life is not easy by any stretch of the imagination. But I feel like it's this this open wound is there's there's good coming out of it too right like it's i feel like it's like um redeeming it i'm i'm taking this horrible thing this this gouge out of the dirt in the ground and i'm planting something beautiful in right. it mm. and i have i have seen so much good come out of it i've seen how i've been able to grow mm-hmm. as a result things that i lessons i wish i'd learned when i was 17 i'm <laughs> finally learning and I'm I'm becoming the person that I know I was meant to be. Right. And I'm becoming a person that can support other people in ways that I couldn't have if I hadn't been through all of this. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to, I, I, I can see how I can help people in the future going forward in a way I couldn't have if this wow. hadn't all happened. Yeah. You know, would I still go back in a heartbeat and change everything? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. It's done. It's over. And I'm not going to let this opportunity to bring good in the world pass. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, going forward, I've had so much more drive as a person because I don't want this to be in vain. I don't want this awful, horrible, dark thing that's happened to exist for no reason. Right. It's it there. It happened it, and it's happening for a reason. And I'm almost excited to see <laughs> yeah. what is going to come out of this. Well, I can say that it's already done good things for Stephen and I in that when we had the miscarriage a few weeks ago, yeah, you were the fir- one of the first people that I told Stephen that I wanted to tell because I knew that you understand grief way deeper than I ever ever will even with this miscarriage and I knew that you would be able to help me through it even at a distance you know mm-hmm. like I know we haven't talked a lot about it yet but it's still fr- very fresh yes. it's still very fresh very um, fresh but uh seeing how you have navigated your grief and coping with Adam has helped me see healthy ways to cope and grieve for our Bonnie. Mm. And it's just, I know it's not the, the best, it's not the situation you wanted to be in, but it definitely has helped us at least. That's so good for you to hear <laughs> because that's all I want. I want to, I, I, when other people grieve, they're not going to go through the same situation I did. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, um, but it's like, I feel like I can give a map to people. I can right. show people, this is the route that I took through this. Yeah. And and maybe that will help them get the lay of the land at least. Right. Because um, that's how I've gotten through this. 
I did I didn't just blindly stumble through this. <laughs> I I had people going before me through their own tragedies, like right? Levi and Jenny. Um, mm-hmm. I had just read read um, through the eyes of a lion months before all of this. It was Whoa. it was something I'd put off for a long time because I was like, this is heavy. I'm not sure if I'm ready for this. <laughs> yeah. It's heavy. God was like, nope, get it. Yeah. I really <laughs> right felt now. like pushed, like yeah. you got to read this. So I read it. I was like, I don't want to read this. I'm like in my kitchen listening to the audiobook, like <laughs> sobbing over dishes. But it was it was so good and so helpful. And in the first moments after I had figured out Adam had passed, that's that's immediately what came to my mind is like, okay, what do I do? I'm just I'm just in this void. And then all of a sudden I remembered, no, I have a map. And in those moments, I turned my heart to God and I said, God, you are big and you are bigger than this. You are good. And this is this is so dark and this is so wrong and nothing is right right now except for you. I know that right. I can look at you and 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 know that there is mm, it's like being in a well and looking up and seeing stars it's right um wow it was powerful it got me through those first moments because it changed from the very first minutes the direction that i was going yeah by Mm -hmm. just enough so that instead of ending up at the bottom of the ocean you know, like if you if you start walking through the wilderness and you just you raw off by the like two degrees, you know, you end up 500 miles in the wrong direction. Yeah. Right. And this this set me going off in the right direction from the start. And that's that's what I hope to be able to give to other people in the future is, you know, just our, our situations are not going to be the same, but maybe I can give them just enough insight that they can head in the right direction. Yeah. yeah. That's excellent. Going forward. Man, what have you learned about yourself and your relationship to God through all this? Because I know you were raised in a Christian home. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So from your childhood up to and through your like marriage and beginning of your family, mm-hmm. you had one relationship to God. And even Dixie and I are experiencing with our grief process is that a lot of that feels like it's changing, mm. but not in negative ways. But things are getting deeper mm-hmm. and it's also revealing, uh, even to me, like I, I can get into heady theology pretty easily <laughs> Yeah, and it's revealing to me how much of it doesn't really matter yeah. to my personal relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what have you learned about that through that process? I've had a lot of questions throughout my life yeah. um, about Christianity, about the Bible. I get real in my head about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't get it all. Um, you know, there's some stuff that it still mystifies me. But throughout all of this, I have learned that my relationship with God is all that matters. It's like um, I'm never going to be smart enough to understand everything. Yeah. No matter how long I live here on this earth. Right. But I know that God loves me because I've seen how he has stepped in and brought people into my life and had just amazing non-coincidences um, mm-hmm. that come into play that are just beyond like I can't I can't talk myself out of them you know like yeah. I can't talk myself into believing like uh, it's just a coincidence because I, I do think some coincidences exist I don't think right. everything is like fraught with meaning and it's like right. but like after I died that first time um 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> kind of a weird turn of phrase. <laughs> um, after that one time I died, um, I went to church. And the first time uh, I went back, the sermon just happened to be about Tabitha getting um, raised from the dead. Wow. And I wanted to stand up and be just like, everybody else can go home. Clearly this sorry. is for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, noted. <laughs> Gotcha, Jesus. Yeah, I'm listening. I'm listening. And then just, you know, if it had been one thing one time, you yeah. know, I could write it off to coincidence. Right. But it's just been too much. It's okay. just I'm at a stage now where I'm like, OK, I get it. You're there. Mm. You know, <laughs> like it's like the movies where people someone's making like alien contact and they're it's like x-files you know like i'm (laughs) like scully going into this like okay molder but like it's been it's been too much like it's awesome i've seen the aliens right they're there yeah Mm. i believe i want to believe (sighs) but yeah that's what's uh, i think impacted me most is my understanding doesn't really matter yeah. anymore. It's the relationship that matters and putting that first above everything else yes. has made all the difference. Yeah. And um, there's a quote by Seneca where he says um, something like, we suffer more in imagination than in reality. Mm-hmm. And I had been Ooh. making myself suffer more in my imagination and in my, what if this happens? Oh. What if something happens to George? What if something happens to Evie? Yeah. And um, I realized, like, no, the 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 medicine for that, the inoculation for that, is trusting God. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just have to put a lasso around my imagination, and just say, okay, let's <laughs> slow it down a little bit. Not long after Adam passed, one day we were going for a, to to take the kids for a walk to go get ices at the corner. Yeah. And couldn't find George. Looked upstairs, downstairs. He was gone. I was screaming his name. I was yelling everywhere, looking in every nook and cranny, could not find him. Finally, I called 911 because I was like, I don't know what to do. My child is gone. (laughs) They sent the police. My in-laws came over. Like I was starting to round up a posse. I was like, my child is gone. I'm never going to see him again. Because once something terrible and unimaginable happens to you, what's to stop terrible, unimaginable things from happening every day? You know it can happen. Right. It can happen again. Like it still could happen. Wow. But like I was like, what am I how will I survive in a world without George? Yeah. And then I realized a world without George still has God in it. I will not be alone. No matter mm. the Ooh. worst thing that could happen to me, I will still not be alone. Yeah. You know, it, it is not the world of my imagination. It is not this dark mm. landscape. The the world of my future has God in it and I will never be alone again. And so when the police showed up, they said, uh, do you mind if we just take a look around the house a little bit? I was like, you Please go to town, town man. Uh, I looked everywhere. <laughs> and my mother-in-law pulls up. So I go to run over to the car to, I don't know, apologize for losing her grandbaby. I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> wow. Um, and the officer walks out of the house and there's little George (laughs) hiding in the car, in the garage and hadn't had, had like ducked down out of the way when I came out there 
because he just wanted to stay in the car and push buttons. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> they George. still talk about how I cried when I saw him. Wow. <laughs> to this day. That is. And George is like, Mommy, don't freak out if you can't find me. And I'm like, well, I don't know about that, buddy. I can't help it, I'm man. sorry. Yeah. That's not a, I can't make that promise. <laughs> so while wow. that did turn out fine, like I've learned about moving forward into the future, like. Yeah bad things are going to happen again. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to live the rest oh, of my man. life in bliss, but when they do, I'm not alone and I, I will, I will make it through. Yeah, absolutely. There's a beautiful passage in the first chapter of Ephesians where he talks about, or uh, Paul, the author of <laughs> Ephesians is talking about how everything from the beginning of history to the end of history is being brought under the headship of Christ and the the Greek word is a fun nineteen letter word, <laughs> anakephalosistai. Oh my gosh! How Just long did you practice that, that? A very long time. Oh my gosh! Jeez. Because it's my favorite word ever now, and well, it's also going to make one of, the, one of the coolest tattoos I'll ever get. Well, um, now I know your password. Know. But no. <laughs> <laughs> if you can remember so, how to pronounce it, right? <laughs> so in that it's in that one word, which is only used twice in the Bible. And Paul uses it once here in Ephesians. In that one word, the idea is the further and further you get away from the ugliest stories, the sweeter and the better the stories become. Huh. What, he's, what he's using that idea toward is that in our experience of eternity, however we experience that, the further and further we get away from tragedy like your husband passing away or your son going missing for a while <laughs> the further and further you get away from that the the sweeter and sweeter things get because you're able to talk about them with more experience mm. and you're able to say yeah I, I lost adam that day but see what i've gained in this community and even you you telling the story of george i lost george for an hour and we found him and we can laugh about it yeah after mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like it was almost like you dropped the punchline in right. a way, you know, yeah. the, the, the sweeter the story gets, the further we get away from it. And I, I feel like you're harnessing that in the way you want to help other people kind of go through grief mm-hmm. um, in your presence with us. And even the, the message you shot back to us when we shared that email with you, it was just, you're not letting this opportunity go to waste. Mm-hmm. You, you've said something along those lines already, but I, uh, it's so evident mm-hmm. in you and I love it so much uh i heard on an enneagram podcast recently uh they were talking about fours and i think the quote was something like the cracks in your shattered heart is how the light gets in and how the light gets out Mm. and that's just such a beautiful picture of how grief can crack us open Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, but it's how it's it deepens our ability to minister to a very painful and pain-filled world Exactly. And it also opens up those those areas in our heart where maybe we thought we were mostly Mm self-reliant or, uh, you know, we could preserve ourselves pretty well. But when those cracks open up, it allows, you know, community to pour in and it allows other people to start sharing their story and feel more comfortable sharing their story. Yeah. I think the statistic is something like four. Is it a four out of 10 women experience infertility and miscarriage? I don't remember. Mm, I think it's one in eight and then one in four. One in okay. eight experience infertility and one in four experience miscarriage. That sounds right. Yeah. So, but we don't hear about it that often. Yeah. Mm-mm. And you only start hearing 
these stories from the people you work with and the people you like to grab coffee with and the people that you go to church with, you only start hearing the stories once you're cracked open yourself. Yeah. And it's, it's just one of those, like Christ is knitting us all together and bringing us all under that headship. You know, he's Anna Cafe Loisus dying us yeah. to like bring us back together. And, you know, he will be able to tell the sweetest story when it's all said and done. Yeah. Mm. My mom, when I was in middle school, saw how much I was hurting. I went through a lot of health issues when I was younger and I wasn't neurotypical. I have ADHD. And so I had to learn consciously the social rules and it took a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I was not very good at it. And I just, I hurt a lot all the time. Okay. And my mom said, Jessica, you are going to be able to use this someday to help other people. Yeah. And hearing that as a middle schooler was really important for me because it just kind of took me out of my own head. Like, oh, wait, maybe this isn't all about me yeah. all the time. Right. Yep. Maybe this is about other people who I'm going to help. And that has set the tone for everything that I've been through in my life. So every time something bad happens to me and plenty has, it just puts it in a different perspective. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when I was dealing with infertility, I connected with friends on incredibly deep levels that I never could have yeah. otherwise. Mm -hmm. And the sweetness of those relationships and the depth and the connectedness across thousands of miles. I have a friend in Australia who I knitted a baby blanket for because mm -hmm. she finally got pregnant and we Aww. had gone through the the grief of of infertility and pregnancy loss together and yeah. all the way across the world because of this shared pain mm -hmm. um we were able to connect at this this incredibly deep level and i think we we all have that opportunity in our lives i don't think anyone is spared from some sort for some sort of pain or grief and if you are, it's common and like it's, yeah, uh, it's coming around the corner. Like <laughs> just wait, maybe you're lucky for a while, but yeah. there's very few people who miss it entirely. And so I think that's, that's a really great headspace to go into the tragedy in because it just, it, it, it takes you out of that, that moment of pain and horror Yeah, mm -hmm. to see it for its place in the larger fabric of yeah. the universe and time. Yeah. And right. it becomes less of a question of what's going to weigh you down or pin you down. And it's going to be, how can I, you know, get the right pivot point to yeah. actually leverage the weight that's coming at me. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So good. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Thank you. We're going into that. That's a really hard story. Yeah. Um, but we we really appreciate you going into that mm. and sharing that with us. Thank you. Um, because what it does for us, this is going to be one of the heavier episodes we have the of the podcast, but it highlights that normal people have to go through incredibly hard things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and Christian and like Buddhist mystics have always said love is suffering and suffering is love. Mm. Yeah. My grandma told me when her husband, my grandpa, passed that if it doesn't hurt, then you didn't really love them, yeah. you know? Yep. Mm -hmm. And that pain is, is almost sweet because it meant that you had so much right. to lose. Yeah. And it's, it's almost a good thing, you know, like it's, yeah. you, you know, you had something. Yeah. Yeah. There's a line in the uh, return of the King in the Lord of the Rings where 
the ring is finally destroyed and they're celebrating in the fields of Cormallon. Mm-hmm. And there's a beautiful line from Tolkien where he says, this is the place where the pain and the tears blend together to become the very wine of blessedness. Uh, oh, that's so good. Oh, that, that will just like rest on your mm-hmm. heart. Nice and lightly, right? Yeah. Do you know that Tolkien was Adam's favorite author? I do. Yeah. That's so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> he would have said Shire. He would have said Shire. And I For sure. I, I really had to think hard about yeah. which one I was. But here's the thing. Honestly, hobbits are the worst. <laughs> you think so? No, they are. There's like four cool hobbits. The rest of them are super annoying. And none of them are the four that go on the adventure. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. But like. I love the four. Yeah. Honestly, I do with all my heart, but I wouldn't want to live next door to them. Oh, no, definitely mm. not. No. Sam, though. Oh, mm. Sam. Sam is the real I'd hero. I'd that one. Yeah. I, it down. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> From the beginning of Fellowship to toward the end of Return of the King, the focus of that entire trilogy goes from Frodo to Sam. Mm-hmm. So like most of the return of the king is in Sam's head. Mm-hmm. And like I will I will fight anyone. I think the entire book I, I think the entire <laughs> trilogy is about Sam. It's not about Frodo. That's what I did my last paper in college on. No way. Was arguing that Sam was the real it was a twelve page paper. He's the real protagonist. Where he's the real hero. Seriously. Yeah. And I have I think I got a decent enough grade. They didn't flunk me out of college. That's, so That's good. good. I, I think that indicates <laughs> you I was correct. Do yeah. you possibly have a copy of that? Because I would love to read it. I might. If I can find it, I'll send it to you. That would be so cool. Yes. <laughs> because I totally agree with you. Yes. Oh, man. Okay. Let's try and lighten it up a bit. Yeah. I think. Nah. What could <laughs> you... Yeah, Dixie's, hands. Dixie's okay just sitting here. Let's just be sad. Um... Let's talk about what, okay, so in in your life now, Mm -hmm. uh, you are mostly a stay-at-home mom. Yes. Correct? Yeah. Uh, But you, it's more than dabbling. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're involved a lot in photography. Yes. At our church and also outside, you take a lot of, you do family portraits, baby portraits, uh, pregnancy photos Mm -hmm. I saw on your website. Yeah. Uh, Talk to me about photography. How did you get into it? Uh I started uh, about, oof. 13 years ago when okay. like my parents handheld camera and <laughs> a MySpace photography forum. Oh man. And yeah. I it. started just learning about photography and I found it really interesting. And I ended up going in front of the camera for a little while, doing a little bit of modeling on the side just for the adventure of it. Wow. But my, I, I really like, um, I, I had a great time like, meeting photographers and making friends with them and learning from them and um just kind of getting a, a feel for it and then once adam and i got together he had a cool camera and that i <laughs> nice stole and um, <laughs> i started taking more and more pictures and um just kind of learning more and over time i i just really love taking photos especially of families and of special moments and just mm-hmm. like capturing a smile from a kid who usually can only peel back their lips and grimace <laughs> for the camera. Right. You know, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Yep. And the fake cheese smile. I truly believe every family deserves to have uh, one set of beautiful photos 
of them and their family that 30 years from now, they can look back and be like, do you guys remember when? Oh, that was us on our best day looking our best. Yeah. yeah. Nobody has zits and everyone's <laughs> looking at the camera. And, or at least you can't see them. Yeah. Well, that's right. the magic of Photoshop. Yeah. Is like it can make people look like they did on their best day right. and how they, they feel and how they really look. And, wow. and you can... I just think that's magic and I yeah. think that's special mm-hmm. and um, you know, everything changes and, and things will be different 20 years from now, but you will always have that photo. Yeah. And I think, I think that's special. Yeah. That is really special. You have some language on your website specifically talking about you love taking pregnancy photos mm-hmm. of the couple Yeah, uh, because of your own experience with infertility. Yeah. Uh, you just like capturing that moment for them, yes. you know, that magic. It is magic. Those those just breath before everything starts. You know, right. it's like, yeah. Because you at that that time when you're showing, but you're also everything hasn't really started. You know, it's just so brief in the, the yeah. scheme of things. And so I like capturing that. Okay. The 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 essence of that the 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 peace and the excitement. Yeah. Before the storm. <laughs> yeah. You you also do an incredibly good job. I've noticed browsing your photos that you. It seems like you put a lot of effort into making sure that the eyes are kind of the focal point. Mm-hmm. And you manage in your photos to reveal a lot of depth of your subjects, mm. even in a still image. They, mm. like, they don't get to talk to me, but the way their eyes shine out of your photos mm-hmm. tells me so much about them. Mm. Even if they're a three-year-old kid. Yeah. It's amazing. I like to distract people while we're talking. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was not a very good model um, in that <laughs> you'd think you just stand there and someone takes pictures of you. Right. And you slightly change. Every yeah. Time. And then you just slightly <laughs> move around. But it's actually a lot harder because you don't know the things that you do unconsciously when you're having your photo taken yeah. that is kind of weird and my tendency is to crazy eyes like i just my eyes get a little too wide and <laughs> i just look a little too intense and they're like relax your eyes you look like down. a crazy person and they so they would have to like coach me through relaxing my eyes so i've kind of learned the, the biggest part of getting a good photo of someone it's just helping them feel relaxed and be themselves and sometimes that means that I will hide a clown nose in my apron and then they'll look up and suddenly I'm wearing a clown nose and they didn't expect that. And so all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're just kind of thrown off. And their, just reaction, enough. Yeah. And their yeah. reaction is what you yeah. capture. And so you distract them from the, the camera right. while still looking into the camera, but they're, you've just disrupted things enough yeah. so that they're themselves again, you <laughs> right. know? And, and that's, that's kind of what I do. And oh my gosh, I've seen pictures of myself taking pictures and I look ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it is a thing to behold. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Touch my face. Oh no. Oh no. Oh man. We got a quarantine now. All right. <laughs> I'm curious. Nobody touch me. Kind of about your day to day life mm-hmm. living with, fibromyalgia Mm -hmm. um, and also living with two almost five-year-old twins Mm -hmm. who have an inordinate amount of energy yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) at least it seems to me what are some of the the daily habits that you have in the morning or at night that keep you going with all the energy that's like flying around you and also the energy that can be sapped from you Mm -hmm. what what are the kind of things you do on a daily basis that keep you keep you going keep you healthy well, it, I've kind of built up a routine over the years, figuring out what works best for me. Yeah. And I have a little bullet journal that I've started that kind of helps me keep track of 
what I'm doing when and cool. um, if I miss a day, because that's the thing with fibromyalgia, sometimes I just cannot do a thing. And so <laughs> yeah. with my bullet journal, it helps remind me, okay, you haven't done this in three days. It's time to get back on this so you don't lose the habit. Oh, yeah. On an ideal day, I wake up, I slide out of bed onto the floor and do <laughs> some really lazy yoga stretches okay. that involve my eyes still being closed and my glasses not on and That's just cool. sort of half awake so that, okay, I can get, I can do three yoga stretches. And that's yeah. my goal for the morning is I have to do the three. Everything else is bonus. And I usually, once I've done the three, I do a whole bunch more. But if I don't do the three, then I'm going to know I'm going to have a miserable day. I'll probably get a migraine. Right. And wow. So it's not optional. And so I start with the lazy yoga and then move to the not as lazy yoga. <laughs> and then I usually have a smoothie. Um, in the mornings, the kids have some too, so that I sneak some fiber into their diets. Cool. Um, it's hard to get five-year-olds to eat their veg- oh vegetables. Yes, especially <laughs> George. Oh my gosh. Um, you'd think I was trying to poison him. But. <laughs> and then sometime throughout the day, I try to get in some cardio, whether that's taking okay. the dog for a walk while the kid's at school or walking around with them in a stroller or I have an elliptical machine downstairs so I can just get a few minutes on that. Just trying to get my cardio up. Yeah. Because that helps my energy levels mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Um, Wake up your heart a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it just it kind of reminds my body, you need a certain amount of energy. So, Ooh. you know, step up your game. Yeah. Um, right. And then endorphin I t- release. Yeah, too, that so. too. That too. Although I don't get as many endorphins as I think some people do. But <laughs> That's fair. Whatever. I always just distract myself <laughs> with like watching a Parks and Rec or Bob's Burger episode. Ooh, there you go. Yeah. If I can do it for the length of an episode, I feel like I've gotten a pretty good workout. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's, that's a good fair. metric. Yeah. I like it. And it makes me not hate life while I'm doing it. So uh, yeah. yeah. Distract. At least yeah. you enjoy it. Yeah. 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 Perfect. <laughs> and then okay. um, I also try to, I do like a foam roller, um, which is physical therapy. I'm um, yep. just kind of rolling the muscles and I have a... Um, I have an inversion table, which looks like a medieval torture device. <laughs> yeah. So you, you, yeah. you get into it and then, yeah, I kind of waterboard myself if I try to, if I try to drink Yikes. on that, I would. Yeah. Um, and then I just, uh, that, that helps a lot with my back pain. It's okay. Yeah. A ton. I do that every day. So it's literally just kind of tipping your body upside down so that your head is beneath your feet. And beneath mm-hmm. your heart, right? Yeah. Basically, you just and it kind <laughs> you of lay stretches flat out it... the spine because my feet are like kind of locked in there. Yeah. And it just stretches out. The... Oh, it feels so good. <laughs> um, we got that years ago for Adam's back pain. And okay. I'm so glad we never got rid of it because it's the <laughs> yes. best. Perfect. Every yeah. day. And um, then I try to do some stretches and yoga and stuff before bed and try to do a little bit of writing. I'm trying to write about my experiences and stuff right now. Yeah. It helps both. Uh, Help me solidify some of the ideas that I'm having right now because everything just moves through my brain so fast. I'm ADHD. Mm-hmm. Like I just I bounce all over the place. And then it's I've I've found it helps a lot to a write stuff down that I don't want to forget, like lessons that I'm learning. Right. Okay. Um, I on my phone, I created um, I called it my self-care manual. And it's <laughs> basically so a um, yeah, it's an outline format okay. so that I can keep track of everything. Yeah. And it goes, uh, like capital A and then it goes one yes. and then it goes lowercase a 
Exactly. I love that. I think in that Roman format numeral. now. Yeah. I love it. I love yeah. it. Steven also I think thinks in, in that format. I think yeah. in lists. Oh, yeah. man. Good. When he tells a story, I'm like, just tell me the end. Please, <laughs> Please just tell me the end. But there's so much to get there. <laughs> I know. It's just, I want to hear the end of the story. <laughs> right. What about now, though? <laughs> But yeah, so yeah. I've, I've made this list um, and I kind of review that a lot to, so I don't forget lessons because I'll learn a lesson and then 10 years later be like, oh, oh yeah, I forgot. Um, so I, I, I try to keep track of both my the lessons I'm learning and then also I do a lot of just writing. I might do that something with that someday. I don't know. Mm. We'll see. You want to start a podcast of your own? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> So to wind us down then, mm-hmm. I'm curious to ask what you are currently reading. I am reading Under the Dome, Stephen King book. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's. Uh, nope. Uh, <laughs> I'll never read that. <laughs> it is it is a little intense in some parts, uh, but I really like his style of writing. I okay. really like how he leaves um, so much to the imaginations of the reader. Sure. You just kind of trust the reader to fill in the blanks on a mm. lot of stuff. And I find that really satisfying as an adult in a way that I hated when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, what are you currently listening to? What do you put on when you open Spotify? Uh-huh. We could start with music. Yeah. When I open Spotify, I've been listening to the Fresh Life Station okay. uh, lately just because they, they kind of introduced me to a lot of new stuff that yeah. I wouldn't have discovered before. Nice. There's one that I'm listening to that I'm kind of embarrassed. I don't know how to pronounce I-S-L-A. Is that Isla? Isla? Il- Isla? Isla? I couldn't tell you either. Is Literally have no idea. I don't know. I just like their music. Whatever. Okay. Um, this is the problem when you read a lot is that you don't know how to pronounce stuff. And then oh. you go on a podcast and people are like, hey. And you're Words like, I don't know how to word. <laughs> Words right. are hard. Yeah. <laughs> and then I kind of listen to a lot of Lizzo when I clean house. Oh, nice. Yes. love Lizzo. Hey, right so on. good. <laughs> Oh, that's how I clean house. No judgment. That's yeah. smart. Everyone has something they jam to. pumped up. And then Billie like, Eilish okay. for me. I literally, oh, I, don't I can't. You. I started listening to her after you were saying something on Facebook and I was like, oh, I'll yeah. I, oh, man. I get I, it now. I will never not listen to her. Yeah. <laughs> and then podcasts, I listen to this one. Hey. Of course. Hey, thanks. That's cool. And then I listen to. One of our three listeners. <laughs> that's funny. The other, the other two are in the living room. Yeah. Your cats. Yeah. Yeah. And then. We play it to them. <laughs> Boost our download numbers. <laughs> I like the Bechdel cast. Um, oh, okay. Which is a good one. They they basically uh, look at the role of women in movies and mm. and how they're um, how those roles are written or not written. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just and that's that's always interesting to me. But they do it in a funny way. Sure. That's cool. Yeah. Jessica, thank you so much. Oh, thank you for being on our podcast. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for letting your kids be on the podcast, too. Oh, they loved it. Ah, I'm so glad. And it so perfectly sets up the mm-hmm. the vibe we love for this show. Yeah. Hearing their voice at the beginning of the end every time. It makes me so happy every time I hear it. I'm so glad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm most excited for 10, 15 years down the road when hopefully wow. we're still doing this and, you know, they're old enough to listen and actually understand the stuff that we talk about on the show yes. and just start it and then hear their voices yes. from when they were little so good. i'm so it. excited for that moment so good yes love it so excited okay <laughs> 10 years of anticipation yeah there you go uh we've been a lot of places and i really appreciate you getting into your story thank you and kind of sharing 
where you are in your life. And we've had some fun too. Yeah. It's been fantastic. Thank you. To close us out, will you read our favorite quote for the podcast? The only normal people you know are the ones you don't know very well. <laughs> <laughs>